Welcome to an emergency bird's eye view podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer here along with Les Bowen and EJ Smith uh, on Thursday, what, February 18th? It is. Not long after the mega trade of Carson Wentz to the Colts. Guys, how are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, We're finally uh, past the, this momentous occasion and we can move on. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Before we move on, we got to dig into you know what happened and what what could happen, and and maybe just kind of now that we know a little more of the details. You know, Les, why don't you give your your initial thoughts on the trade, which uh, in exchange for Wentz, the Eagles receive a and I, I believe I said this in the podcast yesterday or a couple of days ago, guys. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, but uh, you know I'd heard that this was the uh, what the Colts were offering a, sec- yes. a third round pick in twenty twenty one. And a second round pick in 2022 that could turn into a first rounder. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, it's probably, you know, okay for the situation. The situation is ridiculous, of course, but uh, given that there were no other bidders, really, uh, as I, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but I will pat my source on the back. As I wrote Wednesday, Uh, I talked to an NFL management source who predicted they'd end up with the Colts because Carson Wentz wasn't going to go to Chicago. And uh, even though it was reported earlier that the Bears might be willing to put in a better offer, uh, that would be contingent upon the player being willing to play there. Yeah. So uh, it ended up being the Colts. And uh, the source thought that, uh, you know, the Colts were in kind of the driver's seat because there was nobody else really making an offer. So, as far as the trade itself goes, I mean, if you'd said a year ago that the Eagles traded Carson Wentz for this, you'd have been, oh, my God, this is the most ridiculous thing that ever happened. But we all know a lot's happened since then. The Eagles need to get this behind them and move on. The second that to become a first is a pretty good, you know, that's not a bad thing. I mean, the thing is, though, if it becomes a first, it becomes a first because Carson's playing real well and the Colts are probably going to make the playoffs. So, that makes it a less high first than you'd ideally like, but still, you know, uh, they can come out of this reasonably whole if they make good picks with these draft choices. And if Carson doesn't become the quarterback he was in 2017. Right. You, he's got to play 75% of the snaps next, uh, this coming season or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs over his career. He's played 84% of the uh, regular season snaps. I think there's only one season where he played less than 70%, and that was in 2018. Uh, so the odds are, I guess, that he will play more. I, I guess the protection for the Colts is whether he plays so poorly he has to be benched or uh, he again gets hurt, which is certainly a possibility with Carson, with anybody, but certainly with Carson in that uh, three of his five seasons of ended an injury. Um, EJ, your, uh, your initial thoughts on the, on the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think that they got – especially now that it's coming out that there, the market wasn't as competitive as maybe we, you know, as maybe you would have thought, I think they got pretty good value for what, what the, for the situation they were in. I mean, it's, it's important to remember that Carson Wentz was one of the worst starters in the league last year. Um, and, you know, I do think that there's a little bit of a tendency to, you know, assume that he's going to be able to bounce back, but I think that's a bigger question mark than some people give it credit for. You know, I mean, I know he's going to go to Indianapolis and he's going to be in a situation that's a lot better with coaches that, you know, he's comfortable with. Um, But I still, I mean, it's hard to shake what happened last year. Um, It's hard to picture that he's just going to, you know, start 
you know, it's, it's hard to picture those mechanics are going to be, you know, completely fixed. And, you know, even though he's going to be with Frank Reich, he's going to also be with Press Taylor and Mike Groh, two people who struggle to get the most out of him. So I don't know. I, I definitely think that they, they did okay on the value of the trade. Um, in the grand scheme of things, they did very poorly uh, when you consider the initial investment, the contract, everything else. Um, and also now the Eagles are in the group of teams that just don't have a franchise quarterback. No matter what you think of Jalen Hurts, it's like they have ventured into the murky waters of trying to find the next guy. And that can take a really, really long time. And it's a costly process if you get it wrong. So um, so like the, the big picture, they're not in a good spot, but the, the, the micro of the, just this trade, it seemed like they got decent value. Yeah. I don't want to focus too much on the micro because I feel like that, uh, you know, clouds yeah. the big picture and, and, and this is a dark day for the Eagles franchise. I don't think there's any secret about that. A dark day for Howie Roseman, who, uh, as I wrote, basically, you know, not only built the, the quarterback factory, but, uh, <laughs> But destroyed it with his own, his own very moves. Uh, it's just remarkable to think about how they got to this point. Yep. Um, and you know, I guess we've kind of delved into this in the past, but I, I think it's worth it again. Um, you know, this as you mentioned, EJ, they gave up five draft picks and three players to move up for Carson Wentz. Now you can point out all the picks the Eagles lost to the Browns and and even the Dolphins, and it's not like those teams really kind of took full advantage of, of the Eagles won a Super Bowl. I mean, let we get to right. point that out. And Carson played a role in them winning that Super Bowl. The Eagles would not sacrifice that Super Bowl to not have to lose Wentz. Um, I think that's fair to say. Right. That being said, this was, you know, how many times have Howie talked about having a franchise quarterback for, for 12, 15, we know, who knows how many years. And this is the guy that they believe that they had it. And everything that they've done since drafting him led you to believe that until – they drafted Jalen Hurts. So I think we have to right. kind of talk about how that really is ultimately, I think. I mean, you know, Les, you've talked about this before, and, and I think it's important to, to mention. And, and as we're learning more about Carson's personality, the injury and the subsequent Nick Foles leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl certainly weighed, weighed heavily on him. But I think in terms of how you know people are wondering, why, why would Carson want to leave even after Doug was fired? And from what I gather, a lot of it had to do with Harry Roseman. And not just Howie, but according to a source, it was the it was more he lost faith in Howie's decision making. Yeah, and I think that's an understandable if you're looking at it from his perspective. And I don't totally look at it from his perspective, but I'll, for the purposes of this podcast, I'll stand that um, the roster's gone downhill, straight downhill since 2017. He struggled in 2019 throwing practice squad guys uh they didn't do make it any better for 2020 and it's not you know people put this hurts thing in the context of oh he's such a wuss he didn't want to compete that's not to me what i look at is 53rd overall they could have had jeremy chin or they could have had somebody that would have you know made the offense better they they could have done something other than draft another quarterback and i'm sure he sees that you know i'm sure that's the oh more than to to compete with Jalen Hurts is is that fact. A team that has struggled to draft good players over the last several years drafted a quarterback 53rd overall. And, uh, you know, I just – I understand him being leery of Howie's 
judgment and his ability to rebuild the state. I'm leery of it. You know, uh, so, yeah. You're, you, I mean, you're not along, alone amongst Eagles yeah. fans. Yeah, I was just going to add that, you know, I said this on the last pod we did. You know, it's if you were Carson Wentz and you're looking at the Eagles roster, it's like there's no young player with the exception of, I guess, Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. But, you know, there are very few young players that he could say, OK, we're going to be here for the long run. We're going to be able to develop chemistry. I think even if you're Carson Wentz and you look at the Jalen Rager pick, I mean, I know that, you know, the jury's still out. It's only one year. But you look at what Minnesota got in Justin Jefferson and you're just like, I would die for a guy like that. You know, I would do anything for a guy like that. So I do think that, you know, it makes sense, his concerns with the, the team's roster building. You know, I, I do want to make it clear to to listeners, though, that this wasn't like some sort of grand experiment that Howie had. Ooh, let's right. test Carson by drafting Jalen Hurst and see if he's up, up to it. Um, they believed in Carson Wentz. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they gave him a $128 million contract just less than a year before drafting Jalen Hurts. It was about, you know, to them, the benefits of getting Hurts was that this is a guy that they could, uh, that could be a, a cheaper version of a, of a backup, and they could potentially maybe, if he does get the play and he performs well, swing for something in return, a second-round pick or greater. And if Carson does happen to get hurt, not play, or let's say regress over a period of time, you know, the, the remainder of his contract, then maybe Hurts can step in and be the guy. They weren't expecting this but to happen. But that last now, part is important, though. That last part, I think, explains a little bit of the fissure here between that developed between the organization and Carson. It wasn't just he's a good, cheap backup. Part of their rationale was, and I, I think this is pretty clear, that Carson – they looked at the first four years of Carson's career and all the stuff that happened with the injuries and with Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl. And, yeah, you know, they kind of were a little unsettled, unsettled enough to make a move that most teams would not have made with 27 year old franchise quarterback in tow. And I think he saw that he saw what that reflected. It wasn't just to have a cheap backup. It was like, geez, you know, maybe we're not, uh, you know, maybe we're not going to have 10, 15 years with this guy. And, you know, that I think that's a factor here. It really is. Yeah, but it, it was an unprecedented move. And, and, and that, you know, no, I think no, no quarterback that young who had been who had given that kind of contract had a team draft a quarterback so high the year after. And I just felt like it was more of the see what we can do, proud of ourselves, uh, organizational yeah. hubris that factored yeah. into that pick than anything else. And, and it blew up in their faces. It, fright, it just completely, it, it unraveled the quarterback. And look again, I think Carson deserves his share of blame in this uh, shame on him. If he can't handle them drafting a quarterback in the second round. I mean, if that's going to be, you know, if, if you're looking like at that as an isolated thing, it shouldn't be an issue. Right. Right. Uh, Tom Brady ended up becoming a better quarterback after they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers had his best year in a decade after they drafted uh, Jordan uh, Love. Now, don't get me wrong, those guys, it was a different circumstance because those guys were more established. They had won Super Bowls. They're going in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about that. And quite they frankly, were 30. they're better. They're, they're older. They're better. They're better players than Carson. But that, that should, they should have. I want to get back the evaluation. Their evaluation of Carson ultimately was faulty in terms of his mindset. They yeah. thought that he was he was he had 
the mental capacity to handle this town, which we all know is among the toughest sports towns in the, in the country to play. And he did not clearly. Yeah. Right. And it's it just uh, to piggyback off of that, Jeff, it speaks to something that you've brought up before in your reporting and just on this podcast of, you know, they've always seemed to give him too much too fast. And like, you know, this almost is like completely in line with that, that tendency to, you know, think, Oh, well, we've got Carson as a franchise guy. He's confident. He's going to be able to handle it. Let's bring in a cheap backup, you know, that, is going to, you know, put pressure on him because we think he can handle it when, you know, ultimately he couldn't. There, there's a, there was a lot that factored into it too. Like, I mean, again, I do want to uh, look at it from the Eagles' perspective. I mean, like, this was uh, un- unprecedented what happened, that Carson would get injured the way he did and that Nick Foles would come in and not only, you know, do well but win a Super Bowl and then Carson would have the next two seasons also end uh, to injury – and, you know, let's talk about where they are now. And uh, the sense I get is they'd be very happy if Jalen Hurts turned out to be a great quarterback, but they're not really banking on that. They didn't make this move thinking, okay, we've got the next guy here. You know, let's move on. No, no. I think that's pretty clear. I mean, they didn't have a big enough sample. They only expended a second round pick on him. You know, which was more than I think most teams would have been willing to to give up for him. And I mean, look, they're they they need more than just the one guy, right? So yeah, I think fifty that they go for a quarterback sixth overall, and I think it might have a lot to do with how the the top five goes. You know, if Trevor Lawrence somehow is the only quarterback taken in the top five, I think they definitely draft a quarterback sixth overall. If, you know, three quarterbacks go in the top five, then maybe not. But I, I, I think we're looking at that. I really do. Do you guys disagree? I could even see them falling in love with somebody like in the process and saying, you know, what, we've got this newfound draft capital. I mean, if they wanted to move up, they'd probably have to move up to three to get to Miami to make sure that they don't have to, you know, see who Atlanta takes, you know, if, if Atlanta goes for a quarterback. I mean, they're kind of in the driver's seat just because of the fact that they're picking six and now they have an extra either a second or a first for next year. They're kind of in the driver's seat where, when it comes to draft compensation if they wanted to go up and get somebody. Um, and, you know, I do think that, like, there's a good chance of that. They, I mean, the thing that I keep thinking of is, like, they drafted Jalen Hurts ultimately to be a backup for the next couple of years and you know all of a sudden to just say all right well we're just going to turn this season over to him I know it's going to be a rebuilding year but I I'd be hard pressed I, I think it's a good a good chance that they're going to you know try and get one of these quarterbacks especially because it's a good class yeah uh, I, I think they're going to take a quarterback I don't know if it'll be in the first round I mean you almost rule out uh, Lance because he's North Dakota yeah. State <laughs> product uh, I mean right I mean I yeah. think that would be the I just think that the irony there would be – I just – I can't see them doing it. So that rules you out from one guy out of – I guess everyone considers yeah. to, to be four that are worthy of going in the you know first half of the first round. I think the Eagles do have, and Howie does have, and Nick certainly does have some time here to figure this out. They don't have to make a decision tomorrow. That's exactly right. But they needed to get this trade done, and I'm glad they finally did. Oh, God. So happy. Well, I you felt know, like we. I thought that like we did well too. I mean, we kind of had, you yeah. know, what was happening and how it was happening, and and ultimately, actually, the the compensation for the picks. But yeah. but I wanted to kind of dig a little more in Jalen Hurts, if if we can. Yeah. Um, sure. what do you guys think? I, I may be a little higher on him than I than my 
I'm just based upon what I've heard from both of you. What do you guys think of his potential? The 52% completion percentage didn't excite me at all. I did like the way that he competed. It's there's every, I mean, off the, all the intangibles are there. I don't think there's any question about that. He's tough. He's competitive. He's a leader. But unfortunately, that doesn't make you an elite NFL quarterback. I, I think Tim Tebow was all of those things, too. Yeah, there was a spark when he was in there, but a lot of it was him just tucking the ball under his arm and running for the first down. And I know we're, we're not in the age of the stationary pocket passer, but that's not a he, – he's not going to win the Super Bowl doing that. I mean, he can do no. that some, but – He's going to have to be a better, more polished passer with better reads and fewer sacks, fewer turnovers. Uh, I, I thought, gee, there's some neat little vignettes here, but long way to go. Long way to go. Yeah, I tend to agree. I just, I, the, the more I think about the four games he played, I, I, I really do think that you know he has a chance to be a starter in the league. I think that he um, you know, showed enough where you, you, you sort of see him being in the league for a long time. Um, and, you know, you, you might have said the same thing about like Lamar Jackson, you know, before his MVP season. And, you know, ev- anybody could make a huge leap from one year to another. But barring that, I just I struggle to see like elite upside there. And when you're talking about, you know, top 10 quarterbacks in this year's class or next year's class, those are guys that at least have that elite upside. And I do think that, you know, if you're talking about, you know, drafting a quarterback or just, you know, signing off on a, a franchise quarterback, the worst thing you could do is sign off on somebody who doesn't have that, you know, that ceiling to be a top five or top 10 guy. So, you know, it seems like the Eagles are going to be in a position to get a guy like that in the next couple of years. And I think that it, it, it unless Hertz has a, a, it's just a huge leap from one year to another, which is possible. He's a hard worker um, and he's got some tools, but I really do think that, you know, the upside of a lot of the guys that they're going to have to, you know, say no to is going to be so high that I'm not sure he'll even, get you know a full season or two to show if he can make that leap right yeah as was pointed out to me this is the first time or only the second time a top uh, pick this high at least in in terms of the top six uh in the last 20 years so you have that opportunity you may have to strike the only time they've had it naturally they did trade up for Wentz, but this lane johnson year are the only time since donovan McNabb that they've been that high yeah correct yeah i don't want to dominate this but that's the thing that's what kind of what my source was saying in that story I wrote Wednesday he wasn't denigrating Hertz he was saying yeah maybe Hertz is the guy but if you're picking sixth overall you know you're thinking you're not a team that picks that wants to pick sixth overall a whole lot you know you have to really weigh the potential of those guys against the potential of the guy you got and of course, they may be picking first next year. <laughs> yeah, but they don't want that. I mean, they I not, know they're I not going to go into it thinking that, you know, they're going to go it. And really, there's not much chance of that. I mean, Hertz is good enough. And if they don't have a ridiculous amount of injuries on the offensive line, they're going to be six and 10 or something. And, you know, there you're picking 10th or some crap. You know, I mean, it's not they're not going to be that bad. I don't I mean, probably not. They might be, but it's it's unlikely they're going to be a horrible team again. NFC East, I think it's, I mean, such a bad division that you should be able to eke out a a certain number of wins. Their schedule's going to be easier this year, you know, uh, because they're a last place team. Yeah. I think the, the lure of, of, of a top level prospect is going to be 
pretty hard to ignore. And it might not be fair to Jalen Hurts, and it might be under underestimating Jalen Hurts, but I, I think that's a very real thing. I tend to, when thinking about the Eagles and deci- big decisions they need to make, I think I try and think like Hollywood. Yeah. What gives Howie more of a lifeboat? Yeah, I mean, not that it seems like he doesn't need one, but another quarterback to kind of, yeah, to build around does so. Yeah, Steady I was just going to, you know, say on Les's point of, you know, that Hertz might not get another chance or might not get a chance next year either. It's, it is interesting. It's something I tweeted about, I think, yesterday that there's a chance if they draft a guy high that, you know, Jalen Hurts, who a lot of his teammates think very highly of him, you can tell. You know, they really yeah. – they, they view him as a natural leader. You know, they seem like they really have gravitated toward him. I mean, I don't know if, like, the locker room impact is always as big as some people might want to make it, but I do think it's important to point out that, you know, if they draft a guy over Hurts after he endured what he did last year, coming in, not getting a shot till later, you know, I think that that would reflect poorly. And I do wonder how players would feel about that. You know, just him having two straight seasons where it's like, they never really gave him a chance. Right. Yeah. That's a good. Well, it's, yeah. It's the same dynamic of them drafting hurts when Wentz was there. I mean, yeah. like again, there were still guys in the locker room that were, were fiercely devoted to, to Carson, even after everything that went down. And, yeah. you know, I mean, just, it, this wasn't a unanimous thing by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, from what I gathered, I can't talk to all 53 guys, but I would say the older guys that had been through the wars with Carson seem to be supporting him more than the younger guys. And and I think that's, uh, you know, I, I, I doubt it's to a T exactly that, that way, but that was the general sense I got. Um, I do want to talk a little bit also about Wentz and fans have some reason to be concerned about how do, he'll do in Indianapolis because they want him to play at a certain level so that they can get that first round pick or have that second turn into a first round pick. A lot of I've seen a lot of this on, on social media already with this assumption that he will return to be in the Wentz of maybe not 2017, but certainly 2018 and 19 and, and be the guy that kind of the missing piece to get the Colts over the top and perhaps into the Super Bowl. You know, I don't know about the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with their roster. I did watch their playoff game, their loss to Buffalo. But, I mean, they're a good team. What I anticipate is with a good offensive line in front of him, which he should have, and decent weapons, although T.Y. Hilton might be done uh, there. They have a great running game, which has always been something that's benefited him. I think he ought to return to, like, top 10, top 12 in the league. Whether that gets them to the Super Bowl or not is a, is a much bigger question. But I think he'll rebound significantly from what he was this season. I'll be shocked if that – I won't be shocked if he gets hurt and it doesn't happen. But if he's healthy and it doesn't happen, I, I will be shocked. I think I'm a little bit cooler on him than, you know, the consensus. I just – I don't know. Again, I just think it's hard for me to shake what I saw last year as far as mechanical issues and just inaccuracy in general. I mean – I don't think he'll be as bad as he was last year. I think that that definitely was, you know, an anomaly exacerbated by the fact that the offensive line was the way it was and just the lack of weapons around him. But, you know, Wentz still played a a big role in the sacks and, you know, just also just the fact that they couldn't get on the same page with the receivers. So I don't know. I I do think that he'll be better, um, but I, I guess I just am a little bit lower than the consensus on him. Yeah, I think I'm a little more in EJ's court in this one, just having no known known Carson so long, and and maybe when you're around someone a lot more and you, you know a lot about him, you see the more of the flaws, um, 
and I guess this last year, as you mentioned, 2020 acerbated them. Uh, look, I, I think one of the false narratives is that the O-line played a, a major role in Carson's performance in 2020. And, and I thought the O-line was fine. Um, yet, yeah, the 14 combinations, different combinations affected him. But as I was told, the coaches at the bye did an analysis of the sacks and they conceded, they deemed 20 of the 32 on Wentz. I mean, the, he was making them look much worse than they were. And that, that, that can happen. And on top of that is just notion that I can't shake of everything I've heard about him in terms of taking the tough coaching and failing to be accountable and the stubbornness that, yeah, you know, being a type A guy can, can work to your, to your favor when you are, when things are going well. And look, I think Frank's the type of guy where he can handle that. And, you know, Press Taylor is at, with the Colts now, but he won't be the quarterback's coach. You don't have to worry about having – they got a veteran guy in that spot. So maybe there's a little more of a – there's more clout there, and, and then Carson will listen to him. But that was, a, that was a major issue this past year. And I would just wonder if those things easily go away. And that, you know, and that obviously pertains to changing his mechanics or – or doing the things that need to be done. Stop pulling the ball. Stop being playing hero ball. Stop, I just wonder. Well, my my thought is, yeah, you going to a new place, you want to put your best foot forward. And that doesn't always happen. I mean, I thought when Donovan McNabb went to Washington that he had a real chance to reinvigorate his career. He didn't really see it that way. He kind of, the moment he left Philadelphia, he kind of checked out mentally from the NFL, I think. I don't think Wentz is going to be like that. I think going there with Frank Reich, is he's going to be very receptive to what they want him to do. had a lot to do with what happened and his lack of trust in the people that were telling him this stuff. You know, rather than him being unable to, to see flaws, I think, I think he kind of got messed up and, and thought, well, who are these guys? You know, they're... The guy, the people that drafted J.J. Ortega Whiteside are telling me how to play quarterback. Great, yeah. you know. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I agree with you certainly to that. And I think also the smaller market will probably play better to his mentality. There's a Midwestern kid, small town. There won't be as much of a glare. The fans aren't as demanding. The media isn't as large. Right. Do you think he'll go there and say it's like I've died and gone to football heaven? Yeah, I think he'll be. Re- I think he knows this is a huge moment in his career. I mean, if he doesn't do it in Indianapolis, who does he become then? You know. Yeah. Uh, you guys know the reference I was making there, right? No. When, when Scott Rowland got traded by the Phillies, <laughs> went to the Cardinals and St. Louis, and said it's like I died oh, and gone to baseball yeah. heaven. Or something. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, I think Carson has a little bit of that in him. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't I don't really know everything that happened here, and there's a lot that I'm very puzzled by, but I do think he didn't fit the the sort of attitude that Philadelphia has. I don't know. I, I think he did kind of look for a, a more supportive environment than he got. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to glorify Philadelphia either or the media. I mean, it's tough. I get, I get it. It's, it's. This is not a great at time. Like when, hey, is they, you know, I'm, this is all cliche here, but you know, when you're winning, it's, it's great. When they're losing, it's bad. I mean, that's, that's. How- I haven't Eagles quarterback in 20 years who really handled Philadelphia all that well. Uh, Vic Frank. probably did. Yeah, kind of, but you know, he was here for a minute. You know, uh, uh, when things bad in 2012 i don't think if he'd had a couple years of that i don't know what we'd have heard from him but uh 
Yeah, I guess, but certainly Donovan. It was different uh, circumstances. But my point is that, you know, you you want Wentz not to be great, but you want him to play enough so that they can get the first. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I do. A juggling act for Eagles. Fans. I do think that Indian, yeah. Indianapolis is a much better fit for his personality. I do want to add that really quick, that it, it definitely seems like, you know, he would enjoy a little bit of less, a little bit less of the scrutiny that has come his way the last couple of years. Well, yeah, right. And, and, and the, I mean, look, the O-line, they have a good O-line. They have, they have some decent guys around them. Not, not a great, they, you know, you got a good running back, a good uh, young running back. And they have, you know, some guys, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Ertz ends up, ends up there to be perfectly frank with you. Um, I don't think he's coming back here. And, so, and, the, yeah. and the, you know, like while I say that, I don't think the talent level there is outstanding. It's just a well-coached team. They don't make many mistakes on offense. Uh, they don't make. They don't. They don't commit a lot of penalties. The dumb plays, um, and that's something They're we deep. saw out of this Eagles team the last two, three years. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And yeah. they draft well, which <laughs> would be a change for him. Yeah, Ballard's good. I mean, he's made some mistakes. I mean, he, you know. Jacoby Brissett was a pretty bad yeah. decision on his part. Philip Rivers wasn't a bad one, but you know I, I'm sure Frank sold him on Philip, and they probably were willing to go along with him selling him on Wentz. Although, based upon the film, I'm sure Frank was like really kind of gnashing his teeth. But he knows Carson. He probably feels like he can he can turn him around, and it's not like there's guys like that there out there to steal a Howie Roseman metaphor that you can just pluck off from a tree outside your office right you know Carson still has a lot of ability and has done already done a fair amount in five seasons so I guess we can't lose track of that and I'm really really uh, interested to see what this ends up being for the Eagles how they how they address this offseason the other moves they make they're gonna do a lot to get back done yeah uh, I think every time Howie Roseman talks he talks about that he didn't anticipate the cap going down because of the pandemic. It's maybe not going down quite as much as feared, but this is definitely not what the Eagles uh, planned on when they were building their roster. They've got a lot of big decisions to make. For our purposes, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of content, shall we say, to write about. Um, but they, they a $34 million cap hit for a player that's not on your roster, the largest, obviously, in NFL history on a on a flat cap and you know on top of all the other issues that they have in terms of contracts means that there's going to be yeah there's there's some obvious guys that are going to go i think there could be a few surprises maybe um yeah i and, see them as guys to re rework and maybe not everybody some of these guys it's not going to be just rework it's going to be hey if you want to stay here take less money and it'll be interesting to see if guys do that yeah yeah. Well, I guess that's a conversation for another day. We just wanted to kind of get this one in here on Carson Wentz and the big trade, obviously, and, and get some immediate thoughts. Everyone at home, thanks for joining us and uh, for reading all our stuff. Tons of stories. Les, you were right on top of it. Mike Silski or Kamas had a com right away. EJ, you had something on Jalen Hurts. And so please read inquire.com, sign up for subscription there. And don't forget to sign up for the Earlier Birds newsletter. EJ, you're uh, you're handling that tonight. What's the uh, what's the it's going to be about the draft and how they might how this basically how the draft compensation changes the way they can approach things. All right, well that's a must read there yeah. for everybody at home. Thanks for joining the Birds Eye View podcast. Les, EJ, thanks a lot as well, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon.